magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment, and this is the Gun Guy. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, bang, bang. With Guy Ralford on 93 WIBC. And good after Saturday, good afternoon on a Saturday. Welcome to the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. After just a little bit of a delay, uh, the IU basketball exhibition game against Marion. Uh, IU looked good. You would expect them to look good against Marion. But you know what was encouraging about listening to some of that game, as I did here on WIBC, is uh, they had a lot of players contribute uh, across the board. And it's kind of encouraging. Indiana came out, I think, ranked 13th in the country and the top-rated team in the uh, Big Ten. That's that's all fun. That's all encouraging. And I hope that translate into it translates into a uh, great season uh, for the IU basketball. And you can listen to that throughout the season right here on 93 WIBC. In the meantime, uh, i got to tell you, man, we had the – a night with WIBC event uh, here uh, Thursday night. And, man, for those of you who came out, man, I'm so glad you did. It was so nice to meet so many different people, take pictures, hang out, have a cocktail. If you haven't been to one of these events, i got to tell you, you know, we'll, we'll have many more of them because they always sell out. They're always well attended. The crowds are so much fun. They're so enthusiastic. This was at the Schrott Center, which I'd never been to. It's on the Butler University campus, and it gave us almost twice the seating capacity as we've had the last couple of years for a night with WIBC, and that made it so much better. I mean, it was a big crowd, enthusiastic crowd. Uh, the 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 main uh, personalities here, the main hosts uh, throughout the week, Tony Katz and then uh, Casey and, and Kendall, came out as well as Hammer and Nigel. Hammer and Nigel had me come out and do a segment during during their part. And then uh, then we had a kind of a round table where all the hosts, uh, including all those folks, plus me and Abdul and Ethan Hatcher, who you hear here on Saturday night on the circle right after my show, we all came out. We had a bit of a round table. It was so much fun. But why it was fun was uh because of the interaction with the listeners. That's what made it really cool. And I got to shake hands and and take pictures and have a cocktail with uh, a whole bunch of different folks uh, who listen to the show and and are enthusiastic about it. And that that means a lot. You know, sometimes, I mean, when I'm doing my show, man, it's me and producer Carl, man. That's just us. We're sitting here in the studio and, you know, I talk into the microphone and and occasionally people call in and that's all awesome. But uh, you don't really get a feel for uh, the folks out there listening. And uh, although we interact on social media and otherwise, it was just cool to to interact in person. So really cool. A really, really sad part of the evening is that producer, uh, the Kyle Wells, if you listen to Hammer and Nigel, he's been their producer for a long time. He has been a producer here on my show uh, 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 several times. And uh, and I always introduce him as a celebrity guest producer because he does a fabulous job. He's been here at WIBC, I want to say, for 12 years. And he is uh, also a professional wrestler under the name Mega Mondo. You can go out there and uh, Google that. Uh, you can attend his events or uh, see what he's doing out on YouTube and otherwise. But And he's just a great guy, and he's become a really good friend of mine. In the eight years that I've had my show here on WIBC, 
and uh, and hung out with Hammer and Nigel and TKW uh, on Monday Gun Day, which you can always hear at 3.35 and again at about 6.15 on Mondays. And in fact, by the way, heads up, I'm co-hosting with Nigel. Uh, Jason Hammer can't do the Hammer and Nigel show, which is the number one rated radio show in Indianapolis for all stations. We're talking music, you know, country, rock, whatever it might be, talk, whatever it might be. The number one afternoon drive time radio show in Indianapolis is the Hammer and Nigel show right here on 93 WIBC. I'm very proud of that because I'm just a very, very tiny part of that. I co-host uh, occasionally. In the meantime, I have Monday Gun Day on Mondays, but I'll be co-hosting with Nigel. And man, Monday's Monday's going to be a big day. Monday, uh, Indiana State Police are going to have a press conference on reportedly an arrest made in the Delphi murder case. And we'll see. You know, there there is some dispute when you go out and you look at what's going on in the media. Some folks are reporting there's been an, an arrest made. Other folks are, are saying, no, they're just going to give an update. So we'll see. And what we do here at 93 WIBC in our newsroom, I got to tell you, uh, is 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 unparalleled because these guys are consummate professionals and we don't report news as news here at 93 WIBC until there's some confirmation and we know what's going on and we've confirmed it and we've talked to the authorities. And so all the speculation and all the BS that's out there on the media, you don't hear that on on 93 WIBC. And that's one of the reasons I'm really proud to work here because our newsroom, as well as all our on-air personalities, are consummate professionals and do a much better job, I think, than an awful lot of the folks out there in the media. So we'll, we'll, we'll be able to tell you exactly what happens in that uh, Indiana State Police news conference is going to happen on Monday. We'll be able to tell you exactly what the status is. If there's been an arrest made, we'll be able to report that to you as well. And I'm excited that I'm going to be uh, right here on the microphone on 93 WIBC during uh, Hammer and Nigel throughout that broadcast. That's 3 to 7 on Monday. I hope you tune back in. In the meantime, as we always do, we've got a lot to talk about here on 93 WIBC. And one thing that a lot of folks have sent me here recently is uh, a link to an article that appeared uh, first time I saw it it was on an art it was an, in an article on bearingarms.com and by the way if you don't follow this I mean if you listen to the gun guy show this is a website you really ought to be following it's bearingarms.com I think it was really established or at least run by uh Cam Edwards. Cam Edwards is a longtime friend of mine. We worked together when I was doing broadcasts uh, consistently on NRA TV. And then when NRA TV kind of imploded with some of the problems that NRA has had at the national level, uh, Cam went out and he established BearingArms.com. And it's really an excellent website. And they keep up on Second Amendment related issues uh, across the country on legal issues, uh, on uh, important news events, self-defense scenarios. They're really good at. But several people this week have sent me a link to an article that uh, came out a bit earlier where a grocery chain, namely Meyer, has announced in Ohio that after... Ohio passed constitutional carry or permitless carry that Meyer decided they were going to put signs up on all their stores. And and Meyer has grocery stores, obviously in Indiana, they're a major grocery store right here in Indiana, but they have stores in Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, Kentucky, Wisconsin, and, and, and they're huge and they're big. And I, I got to tell you, I like shopping at Meyer compared to some of the other big box stores, I, I refuse to go in Walmart. I, when I go in Walmart, I can't decide who I despise more, the people that shop there or the people that work there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not a Walmart guy. Uh, they do have good prices on ammo. When you, can find, when you can find ammo in a Walmart, that's when I will hold my nose and go in a Walmart. But for the most part, I, I avoid Walmart like the plague. But Meyer, I think, is much more professional the customer service is much better and they obviously have a, a large number of stores right here in indiana but they have begun putting up signs on the door no firearms allowed and the sign that appears in this article uh 
on BearingArms.com, it looks to me like a compact Glock. And what it is, is it's a it's an outline of a gun with the international no symbol through it. And as I joke around about, you know, when I, I talk about this in, in my class when I teach Essentials of Indiana Gun Law, and by the way, have, we have another one of those coming up on November 5th at Indy Arms. There are only a few seats left. We'd love to see you there. Check that out at tactical-firearms.com on upcoming courses on that website. But I joke around about this, about the effect of a no-gun sign on a business. Because some states, including... Even, you know, states that people consider to be pro-gun, like Texas. Texas has a law that says if a particular sign, and the sign itself is dictated by statute, and it's got to have certain components in it, and they actually will provide you this sign if you're a business owner and you request one. It says, you know, the guns are prohibited on these premises, and if you, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but if you, if you bring a gun onto these premises, you can be immediately arrested and prosecuted. And it's a serious crime. You can go to jail. And so a discussion we have a lot in Indiana, and I talk about this a lot in my my gun law class that I teach uh, often, and uh, you hear me pitching here on the Gun Guy Show, is what is the legal effect of a no-gun sign here in Indiana? Because, again, several states have, have, have a law that says, hey, if a, a business prohibits firearms, and you carry a firearm there in violation of their policy, you go to jail. So this sign I'm looking at that's in this article on bearing arms, again, it looks to me like a Glock 26 with an international no symbol through it. And as I joke around, as I started to say earlier, in my in my class, I talk about this often. I mean, I consider that to be a no Glock 26 sign. I don't carry a Glock. I don't, I don't consider that to apply to me. I carry a SIG. More often than not, occasionally Wilson Combat, occasionally a, a, another gun. But uh, if you don't want me to carry a Glock 26 in your store, okay, that's your policy. But the reason I can be cavalier about that and the reason I can joke around about that a bit is because in Indiana, a sign like that, a no-gun sign. I mean, I, I carried a gun today into three different businesses that had no-gun signs on, on the door. And I'm admitting that right here on the radio. Why can I admit that? Why can I be cavalier about this issue? It's because in Indiana, that is merely a statement of that store's policy. That store can have whatever policy it wants. And hey, I, I respect property rights as much as I respect Second Amendment rights. If you're a business owner, if you, if you own property, you ought to be able to declare whatever policy you want. For instance, in my office in Carmel, I can have a sign on my door. I obviously wouldn't have a sign that says no firearms. That would be kind of silly. But I could have a sign that says, oh, for instance, no Tom Brady jerseys. I can have a sign that says no Tom Brady jerseys. That's my policy. You want to come into my business, you can't wear a Tom Brady jersey. I don't care. New England, Tampa Bay, doesn't matter. Number 12, Tom Brady, you can't bring it into my office. And if somebody walks into my office with a Tom Brady jersey, after I have this big sign on my door that says no Tom Brady jerseys, if they walk in, I can go, yeah, yo, bro, you just violated my policy. You have to leave. At that moment, have they committed a crime? No. No, they violated my policy. My policy could be no shirt, no shoes, no service. It could be no mask, no service. God knows we've seen a lot of those over the last couple of years. If I violate their policy and I walk in violating their policy, what can they do? They can say, hey, yo, idiot, get out of my store. You're violating my policy. If I then leave, no harm, no foul. If I refuse to leave and say, hey, I'm not wearing a mask or I... I want to come in and shop in Walmart with no shoes on. Walmart, I'd be a little surprised if they even throw you out for that, given Walmart shoppers. Or if I am carrying a gun and I now carry into a mire with their big no-gun sign. Again, I consider this to be a no-Glock 26 sign, but okay. But let's say we interpret that as no guns. I'm violated their policy. If I committed a crime, no. Can they ask me to leave? Yes, absolutely they can. They can ask me to leave for whatever reason they want. 
because I'm not wearing a mask, because I'm not wearing shoes, because I've got a Tom Brady jersey on, whatever they want, they can say, hey, yo, idiot, you walk past our sign, you're violating our policy, you have to leave. Do I then need to leave? Yes. What if I say no? I'm wearing my Tom Brady jersey, or I refuse to put a mask on, or yeah, I'm insisting on carrying my gun. They can then call police after I refuse to leave, and I can go to jail for what's called criminal... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Trespass. Criminal trespass. That's a Class A misdemeanor in Indiana, and I can serve up to one year in jail for criminal trespass. That's not because I'm carrying a gun. It's because I refused to leave after they told me to leave. And this is important. And the way I look at these no-gun signs on different businesses, hey, look, if I want to go into that business and I'm carrying a gun and they have a no-gun sign, I ask myself a couple of questions. Do I really need to go in here? Do I want to give my money to a business that does not support not only my constitutional rights, I mean, they can have whatever policy they want. Again, I respect their policy. Don't get me wrong. I respect their policy. At the same time, do I want to give my money to them after they have that policy. Because, oh, by the way, they're denying me the ability to defend myself, my life, my family in their business. Do they have armed security? Are they going to protect me? Are they going to protect me if some lunatic, oh, say, like in the Greenwood Park Mall on July 17th of this year comes in and starts shooting people? You've denied me the ability to defend myself, to defend the other people here. Do I want to give my money to you? That's question number one. Question number two is, if there's someplace I need to go or I care to go in that moment, am I committing a crime if I violate your policy? Absolutely not. Not in Indiana. And that's an important point. Now, sometimes you hear people out there, you see people out there, and uh, and they'll say, you know, they, they'll make this broad statement on the internet. You see this on the gun-related pages that, no gun sign have no force of law in Indiana. Generally, that is true for all the reasons I just went through. However, be wary of one thing, which is the criminal trespass statute also says that if you've been denied entry to premises and you enter those premises anyway, just like if you enter the premises, you get asked to leave and you don't leave. If you are denied entry before you enter, and you enter those premises anyway, you are also guilty of criminal trespass. So a no-gun sign, that's just stating their policy. That's not denying you entry. If I ever see a sign that says, oh, for instance, anyone in possession of a firearm is hereby denied entry to these premises. Oh, that's a little different. I may think twice about that one. But here's the point. In the meantime, if you see that sign up at a mire, or any other business. Just ask yourself, is that a place I want to give my money to? I'll let you make that decision. Personally, I want to go in businesses. I want to shop in businesses. I want to give my money to businesses that support my Second Amendment rights. And it's not just my constitutional right. It's my ability to defend myself, my life, my family, and other innocent people there in those in that in that same business while I'm there. That's an important point. In the meantime, we're here a little past the bottom of the hour. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. This is Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And I mentioned that uh, Thursday night on the uh, campus of Butler University at the Schrott uh, Performing Arts Center, which, by the way, is a beautiful facility. I'd never been there before. Um, but we had uh, a night with WIBC, and it was fun. It was awesome. But I got to tell you, there was there was a, a, a really sad moment for me personally, which is that uh, the producer of the Hammer and Nigel show, and he's had a lot of different roles here at WIBC. He's been, and I always introduce him as a celebrity guest producer here on the Gun Guy Show. He's been a producer right here on the Gun Guy Show. We were always honored to have him. But I think after a 12-year stint here at WIBC, the Kyle Wells 
Kyle Wells uh, announced that uh, he's going on to bigger and better things and, and things that are very consistent with his career as a uh, professional wrestler. Uh, but he announced that he was leaving, effective actually yesterday. And I got to tell you, I embarrassed myself a little bit. I, he It was his last gig as producer of the Hammer and Nigel show, and I, I called in just to say goodbye. And I got a little misty, which was embarrassing. My wife made fun of me when I got home. Uh, but... Uh, but 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 I, I was called to to say that this guy's a really good friend of mine, and I'm really disappointed he's leaving. At the same time, I'm excited for what he's got in store going forward. And so I asked TKW, the Kyle Wells, aka Mega Mondo, to just call in. Uh, so I, I can one last time. Well, I don't know, last time. I'm, I'm sure I'll do it in person sometime. Tell him I love him, and uh, and he's been awesome here at WIBC. But TKW, man, thanks for calling in, brother. Hey, guy, thanks for having me. And there's no shame in showing your emotions, man. Ye- yesterday, that phone call meant a lot to me. So I appreciate you taking the time to call in. And uh, your words were very thoughtful and very uh, – thank you for your kind words. Oh, man. Thank, well, but thank see, you for having me on tonight. But, see, my problem is that I'm this big badass – TKW, I'm, you know, I'm 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 this hard ass, and I'm not supposed to go on the radio and sound wimpy like I did yesterday. But but hey, man, I, you know, it happens to the best of us. But more importantly, tell folks what you're going on to do because this is exciting. Talk about uh, what you're doing in wrestling, what you're doing for your new career because this is cool. And and look, I'm not your only fan uh, by a long shot. Uh, here that listens to the Gun Guy Show, and uh, you, you know, in terms of what you've done for WIBC, what you've done for Hammer and Nigel, and a lot of people are going to want to follow what you're doing and and wish you well in your in your career going forward. So tell folks what you got going on. Absolutely. Well, the past 24 hours have been a roller coaster of emotions, and I just want to thank everybody for for the tweets and the DMs and the Facebook posts. It's, it means a lot to me that people care that much. And, uh, yeah, after 12 years of WIBC, I decided that this new opportunity that I got was just way too good to pass up. So starting on Halloween, I will be going up to Fishers, Indiana, and I'm working for a company called Static Media. But they also have Wrestling Inc. With, uh, within their business. So I will be a what they're calling me as a content specialist. That's my official title. Awesome. But um, I'm going to be doing on-screen video, breaking wrestling news, just talking about wrestling content. And then the more I get into this job, there's possibilities that I'll start traveling around to the pay-per-views and covering the pay-per-views for Wrestling Inc. So oh. yeah, re- res- wrestling's always been a passion of mine. So now that I'm going to be getting paid nicely to do it, it was a no-brainer. I, I just could not pass up on this opportunity. I'm going to miss WIBC, don't get me wrong, but I'm really excited for this new opportunity with Wrestling Inc. Well, now, see, I didn't realize you might be doing some of that coverage. Now, who is the, the really famous uh, uh, guy who was always there live at wrestling events and, and, and did all the interviews with the wrestlers? There, there's one guy who's like the epitome of wrestling coverage. Who am I thinking of? You know who I'm talking about? Well, uh, there's been multiple people over the past, you know, couple decades. Um, but you talk about like Mean Gene Okerlund. Yes, back in yes. The, no, that's who I'm talking 90s. about. That's yeah. who I'm talking about. I mean, the guy who would do, he would interview Hulk Hogan and he'd interview all those guys. And it was, he was, he was so much fun because he, he got those guys going. And you, you have an opportunity to do something like that? There's possibilities. Uh, I know that Wrestling Inc. is a very large media outlet for professional wrestling. If you're a professional wrestling fan, you know what Wrestling Inc. is. So I definitely think that the sky's the limit for me and the continued growth for me in my career of wrestling, it's going to be there for me. So I'm really excited to see what they got in store for me. Because, um, like I said, I start this job on Monday, and I'm getting right into it, guy. That's awesome, brother. Well, I, now, what's the future of Mega Mondo? Are you giving up Mega Mondo? No, Mega Mondo's uh, <laughs> he'll still be he'll still be around. All um, right, okay, all right. 
Oh. He's on a hiatus right, a mega hiatus right now. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, look, I, I just texted you a little bit before the show started and uh, invited you on just because I wanted to, on the air, uh, say uh, how much I've enjoyed working with you, what a great dude you are, and I just wish you success. And I'm sure, I guarantee you, if people enjoy listening to the Gun Guy show, uh, they probably have heard you also on Hammer and Nigel now for a damn long time. And there's so many things we're going to miss, man, that really well-timed ha <laughs> that we would hear in the background. When you some- know, I never thought that that would take off the way that it has. Oh, man. I, I, just, I just started doing it because, you know, Hammer and Nigel are pretty funny guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't ever want to just constantly be laughing in the background. So I decided one day just to give a ha, and then all of a sudden <laughs> that thing just took off, man. I, I just can't believe that the listeners really uh, gravitated towards that. So that's that's uh, one thing that I've been getting a lot of is, did you record the ha so they can play it when you're gone? <laughs> well, you know what I would do? I'd be listening to those guys, and one of them would, or both of them would say something funny, and I would laugh at what they said, and then you would go, Ha! And I would laugh at you laughing, and then when it was, yeah. it, it like it like doubled the hilarity out of the whole thing. But it bro, just added a little something something to it. It did, man. Any voices? I mean, whether it's Luke Bryan or or uh, or President Biden or all the other vo- Kool Aid Man, uh, all the other voices, uh, man, brother, it was just so much fun. You you've made that show and every every show you've contributed to here on WIBC that much better, man. So anyway, I'm just I I I just wanted to invite you on and tell you I love you and, and, and wish you well and uh, let everybody know exactly what you're doing. Well, I appreciate you, Guy, and I love you too. And, you know, thank you for being one of the, the inspirations for me to finally shave my head bald. <laughs> uh, so I, I have you and my girlfriend to thank for that. So you, you, you two really helped me just to, to, just to embrace the inevitable. So, oh, that's but, awesome. And by the way, I mean, I gifted you just one day just to help you along on that because, you, you know, you were kind of struggling with it. You were kind of going, well, I'm going to, you know, keep it short or not keep keep it short or whatever. If I walk in I, and I, I handed you a fog-free mirror that you can put up in your shower and and and, and fog-free have the ability yeah. to shave your head in the shower, I mean, how badass was that? That was a game changer. <laughs> and not only do I shave my head, but I, I brush my teeth, I floss my teeth. Yeah. You know, I, it, it's a really cool thing that you gave me. And, um, yeah, it, it's awesome. But, you, you know, 12 years in radio, it's been one hell of a ride. And I'm very appreciative of our friendship that grew from it. And I'm just so thankful for all the opportunities that WIBC gave me. And I'm it's bittersweet, Guy. It, it's it's um. It's really going to hit me on Monday when I'm not driving downtown to Emmis. Instead, I'll be driving up north to Fishers. I think that's really when it's going to hit me that, yeah, I'm no longer a a WIBC employee. But it's been awesome. It was was great. And uh, I met a lot of really amazing people and worked with a lot of amazing people over the past 12 years. Well, hey, brother, you're going to be in Fishers. I'm in Carmel, man. My office is downtown Carmel. You got to got to make sure you come by and smoke a cigar and and uh, and hang out because uh, I want to stay in touch. Absolutely, I'll definitely hit you up. All right, brother. TKW, the Kyle Wells, Mega Mondo. We love this guy to death. Right now, we're at three quarter hour, a little past. We're taking a break. This is Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on ninety three WIBC. Your rights, your responsibilities, your guns. This is The Gun Guy with Guy Relford on 93 WIPC. And welcome back. Thanks so much to the Kyle Wells for calling in. That was awesome. Uh, I just wanted to do my own personal uh, little bit of farewell. Farewell in terms of him being on... 93 WIBC, but not for well as him being my buddy, because I'll tell you, he's my man. We're going to hang out and spend a lot more time together. In the meantime, I was talking about no-gun policies, including the new no-gun policy, apparently, that they have at Meyer. and Brad has called in, and Brad, I think, has something to answer to that. So, Brad, first of all, thanks for calling, brother. 
Absolutely. You know, so what do you got? Have you noticed a, a new sign? Because I haven't been in a mire since I've read this, but what, what, what do you have to add? Well, I have, and I know I, I pay particular per, uh, attention to this when I walk into any business just to see, you know, are they friendly or not. And I know Meyer kind of put those stickers out right about the time that Kroger went public, and I think Walmart went public at the same time, and they said, no guns in our stores. Um, so, yeah, Meyer had that on their, their windows for quite a while, and I think it's been in the last six months to a year, at least the uh, the Meyer up here in McCordsville. It, it has the gun, but next to it it says no open carry, which is kind of an interesting mm. – um, so it's are they now gun friendly? Did they get a bunch of guff for it and decided they would back off a little bit? Um, so it doesn't say no guns; it says no open carry. All so right, well, so so it's a all right, approach. So the way that sign's set up, Brad, because I haven't seen it, do you interpret that? I'm mean, just as a intelligent person looking at that sign. Do you interpret that as I can't carry a gun here, or do you interpret it as I I can't okay. open carry only? No, I interpret it as an I better just throw my shirt over my, my hip <laughs> and walk in and do my business as I usually do. All right. Now, I mean, we, we've only we've got less than a minute here, but let me ask you, does that influence how you feel about shopping at Meyer? Uh, it does. It, it makes it a little easier. Um, like you said, I, I find... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And it really unpalatable some of the other places, so it's a nicer store. And the fact that they've come around um, actually makes me feel like, yeah, I can... I can honor this business a little more with my with my hard-earned dollars all right brother hey man brad thanks so much for calling we appreciate you listening definitely appreciate you calling in join the discussion 317-239-9393 how do you feel about a business with a no gun sign or a no open carry sign up on their business uh entrance love to hear from you give us a call right now we're taking a break this is guy relford on the gun guy show on 93 wyvc A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment, and this is the Gun Guy. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, bang, bang. With Guy Ralford on 93 WIPC. And welcome back for hour number two of the Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. We're glad you joined us. We've uh, got a lot to talk about, but last hour we were talking about the fact that Meyer is apparently, at least in some states, put up no gun sign. And we had an awesome caller here right before the break who called in and said, well, it says no open carry, which is a little different. But before we move on, Teresa has called in, and Teresa, I think, has something to add here. So, Teresa, thanks so much for calling the Gun Guy Show. Hi. Um, if they want to make that their policy, that's fine. But then when I walk through the toy aisle, I better not see a Nerf gun. Better not see a Lego with action figure or anything like that carrying a gun. Yeah. I better not walk through the movies and whatnot. See a movie where there's gunfire in the movie. Yeah, there you go. It, it, it is a little duplicitous, isn't it? Isn't it a little uh-huh. ironic that uh, they they want to limit our constitutional rights but still make money off of the yes. Second Amendment? Yes, I better not see a magazine cover that says Star Wars on it. I better not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point, too. Well, Teresa, you, you make a great point, which is there's a lot of, uh, I think, um, inconsistency and some hypocrisy, I think is the, the word that fits it best, uh, for stores that want to make a lot of money off of firearms or the people that carry firearms at the same time want to deprive us of our constitutional rights now again just so we're clear a a business and i said this earlier a business can have whatever policy it wants and occasionally when i've said that i've gotten pushback and people have said hold on that's a violation of the second amendment i have the right to keep and bear arms and if they tell me i can't bear arms right which is carry 
then they're violating my Second Amendment rights. And that store should be sued for that, or they should be prosecuted, or something along those lines. And let's be real clear about that for a moment. What, what, the, what the Bill of Rights does is it lays out what the government cannot do. And let's even back up from there. Keep in mind, when the Constitution was originally drafted and it went through ratification, you had the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, right? And they, they were both very passionate people. They were both great patriots, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant people, but they were divided. And, and the debate became, as between the, the two groups, of do we need a Bill of Rights? And the Federalists were saying, well, of course you don't need a Bill of Rights, you idiots, because we are so limited on the powers that we're giving the federal government. We say very explicitly that these are the powers of the federal government, and if we don't list them as powers, then the government doesn't have that power. And any idiot can read the Constitution and understand that. So we don't have to go the next step and tell them what they can't do, because by definition, if we haven't said they can do something in terms of the enumerated powers of the federal government, as between the executive, the legislative, and the judiciary, then of course they can't do it. And anybody would understand that. So why would we be so redundant as to go the next step and establish a Bill of Rights and tell the government what they cannot do when they have no power to do those things anyway? Because we haven't given them that power or those powers within the enumerated powers in the Constitution. The anti-federalists were a little more cynical. They're a little bit more like you and me. And they said, hold on. We're not as trusting as you are. We're a little more cynical. We're a little more suspicious. And when, when any person becomes a part of the government, the government immediately begins to look for ways to expand its powers and do things that it wants to do, whether or not it has the power to do those things. So whether it's redundant or not, whether it's necessary or not, we're insisting on laying out a bill of rights to make it very explicit, very clear, very understandable, very incontestable, that there are certain things the government simply cannot do. And they and they had this big fight, they had this big debate, and it threatened the ratification of the Constitution. And what they did in the Constitutional Convention is the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, they got together and they said, okay, hold on. We want the Constitution to be ratified. We want this to go forward. We haven't finalized the process of whether we need a Bill of Rights or what will be in the Bill of Rights. But I'll tell you what, the Federalists promised to say, okay, we will reconvene next year. And we will, in fact, agree to a Bill of Rights, we'll debate on what should be in it, and then we'll send the Bill of Rights out separately for ratification among the states. 13 at that point. And upon that agreement, where they said, look, we're not going to bog this down by finalizing a Bill of Rights now, but we'll come back and we'll configure and agree on a Bill of Rights next year. And that's what they did. And originally, by the way, there were 12 rights enumerated in the Bill of Rights. Only 10 got ratified by the states. That's why we have 10 rights enumerated. And it's so it's funny to me that there were people then, and these are brilliant, brilliant people. I think collectively the most brilliant people that the earth has ever seen, literally. I mean, you can go back to to ancient Rome and Greece and, and you know, Socrates and, and, and uh, some obviously some incredibly brilliant people, Plato. But I think the, the founders of this country, I think one of the reasons we have such an enduring form of government, the largest, the longest standing democracy in the world, and the reason our Constitution gets copied and emulated over and over, although not necessarily successfully, is because of the collective brilliance. We, we were so blessed and lucky that there were that collection. There was that collection of brilliant, brilliant people that got together to put this beautiful document together. First, the Declaration of Independence, one of the most beautiful documents ever written by man, and then the Constitution. But even among these incredibly, incredibly smart people, there were some that were clearly a little naive to say, oh, no, 
we can trust the government to not do what it's not empowered to do. And thank God, literally thank God, for those who held out and said, oh, hell no, they will always try to do what they're not empowered to do. That's the nature of government. So then they got together and they drafted the Bill of Rights. And 10 of those rights spelled out were ratified by the states. But what they do, the effect of them, is to say what the government cannot do. Specifically. And, and as written, it was what the federal government cannot do. Now, we've since adopted, through a Supreme Court precedent, we've adopted the, what's called the doctrine of incorporation, which means if a right is so fundamental as enshrined in the Constitution, that it should not be infringed even by the states, then that right is incorporated and the, and the states may not violate that right as well. That's the doctrine of incorporation. So, for instance, it wasn't until 2008 in the Heller decision, D.C. versus Heller, that the Supreme Court said, yes, there is an individual right to bear arms as protected by the Constitution. And then two years later, in Chicago versus McDonald, the Supreme Court came out again and said, not only is there a right to bear arms possessed by individuals, not just members of a quote-unquote militia, but by every person in the United States, by individuals, but that right is so fundamental that it is, it is incorporated so that the states may not violate it as, it as well. But again, it's state governments, federal government. The government may not violate your rights as protected by the Bill of Rights. If somebody wants to walk in my office and say things I don't want to hear, can I kick their ass out? Yes. Can they say, oh, I have a First Amendment right to walk in your office and say things you don't want to hear? No. Can somebody come on my page on social media and post things that I find repugnant or insulting or profane? Can I delete those comments off my page? Of course I can. And I got to tell you, I got a real short fuse on social media. If somebody, I, I, I'm at the point where if somebody's even annoying, you're gone, bro. You're just done. Why? Because it's my page. It's like, well, you obviously don't respect the First Amendment because I, I, you, know, you deleted my comment and you unfriended me. No, man. The First Amendment protects you against the government. It doesn't protect you against me. And it doesn't allow you to be annoying on my personal space. So you're done. You're gone. And there's no argument that that's somehow disrespect to the First Amendment because the, what's the First Amendment do? It protects you from the government. What does the Bill of Rights do? It protects you from the government. Don't protect you against me. You want to be annoying? You want to be a pain in my ass? You're done. You're gone. Poof. Gone. So a little clarity around what the Bill of Rights means. Coming back full circle, does a store, does a business violate your Second Amendment rights if they have a no-gun policy? Absolutely not. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back. We're also going to move on, talk about some other issues. But throughout the show, as always, we want to take your calls, join the discussion. You got a question or a comment about your Second Amendment rights, about the topics we've discussed so far or what we'll get into uh, throughout the rest of the show, give us a call, 317-239-9393. That's 317-239-9393. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WYBC. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. By the way, as you just heard me mention uh, there during that spot, the Indy 1500 Gun and Knife Show is going to be here next weekend. So check that out, man. It's getting bigger and better all the time. We'd love to see you there. In the meantime, interesting news. It was announced yesterday that the Santa Fe, New Mexico Sheriff's Office has completed its investigation into the fatal shooting on the set of the movie Rust, where actor Alec Baldwin shot and killed cinematographer Helena Hutchins. And really sad. I mean, Helena Hutchins, I'm sure you've, you've, you've seen and, and, and read a lot of news about this. Beautiful young lady, really just 
getting into her career, really starting to take off as a important cinematographer uh, in the movie industry. And she was shot and killed. And the Santa Fe Sheriff's Office has announced that their investigation is complete. And they have turned their file and their conclusions over to the prosecutor's office. And now what a lot of people are waiting to see is what the prosecutor's office does with this. In particular, whether or not there will be criminal charges filed. And let's get in a little bit to what those potential charges could be. And look, I'm the farthest thing from a New Mexico attorney. I don't know about farthest thing, but I'm probably about 1,500 miles from a New Mexico attorney anyway. But I can I can use a, as a template a little bit of what Indiana law is, and I'm sure New Mexico is somewhat similar, and we can talk about this. Do I think that Alec Baldwin murdered Helena Hutchins? Of course not. Do I think this was an intentional act? Of course not. If it's not intentional in terms of him intentionally killing her, could there still be a crime? Absolutely. And 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 let's let's first back up and talk about what happened. And again, there, there's some of this that I'm sure we don't know. And one thing that everybody here at 93 WIBC, in particular our newsroom, and again, man, I our newsroom is as professional as they come. When they break news, they're solid, they get it right. And, 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 and they're often first to report important news. And if they're not, it's only because they're making sure they get it right. And that's so important today. And it's so rare, frankly, in the broadcast media. But I'm not going to... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Speculate, I'm not going to report facts that haven't been established. What has been reported is as they were rehearsing a scene, Alec Baldwin had a, and again, this is a cowboy movie, right? This is a Western being shot uh, on location in New Mexico. And he took a Western-style, cowboy-style, single-action revolver, and he says, upon the instruction of the director and the cinematographer, pointed it at the camera. And behind the camera was, among other people, cinematographer Helena Hutchins. Alec Baldwin has come out. In fact, he did an interview, a broadcast meet, uh, interview on one of the major networks, where he said, I never pulled the trigger. The gun just went off. He said, I was told by the director to cock the hammer. I was in the process of cocking the hammer. The gun went off. That's what I heard in that interview. Could that still be a crime? Well, again, let's use as an overlay here what Indiana law says. Indiana law says, for instance, the crime of criminal recklessness with a deadly weapon. Criminal recklessness with a deadly weapon Another, other states have crimes like gross negligence or negligent homicide. I mean, there, there are other directions we can go here. But in Indiana, criminal recklessness with a deadly weapon says if you knowingly, intentionally, or recklessly, and recklessly is an important word, do something that causes a substantial risk of personal injury to another person, you're guilty of that crime. If somebody asked me, is it reckless to point a firearm, loaded or otherwise, at another human being, I would say, yes, that's reckless. And part of that is because of the training I've had, not only training I've had as a student, but the training I've done as an instructor for 30-plus years, is there are certain rules of gun safety. I wrote a book on gun safety, Gun Safety and Cleaning for Dummies, part of the famous line of dummies how-to books. Here, 10, 12 years ago, they asked me to write Gun Safety for Dummies, which I did. We expanded it to Gun Safety and Cleaning. And there are certain rules you just don't violate. You treat every gun as if it's loaded. You never point a firearm at anything you're not willing to destroy. Phrased a different way, you always point the gun in a safe direction. 
you keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot. And you're always aware not only of your target and anything aligned with your target, what's in front or in back of your target. Those are fundamental rules. And they all start with never or always. Right? Always keep the gun pointed in a safe direction. Always treat every gun as if it's loaded. Always keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot. Always be aware of your target and anything aligned with your target. And that's because they're meant to be absolutes. With no exceptions. The exceptions are not acceptable. Now, violating one of those rules, does that automatically make it a crime? Not necessarily, but it certainly a part of the discussion on whether something you do with a firearm is reckless and therefore, to the extent it created a risk of injury to a human being, a crime like criminal recklessness. And I take those always and never comments in the rules of gun safety as absolute. I was in a, 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 a gun course this year, and it was a great course, one of the best courses I've taken. And at one point, the instructor said, okay, I'm going to clear every gun. I'm going to personally clear every person's gun. I'm going to put a chamber flag in it. If you don't know what a chamber flag is, it's something that, that inserts into the chamber of the gun, and then a little flag portion of it actually sticks out of the chamber. So anybody looking at that gun knows it's, it's, it's impossible for there to be a round of ammunition in that gun because you can't fit a round of ammunition and the chamber flag into the chamber at the same time. Can't happen. Laws of physics prohibit it. So I said, I'm going to clear everybody's gun, and we're going to put a chamber flag in everybody's gun, and then we're going to do a drill where we point our guns at each other as part of a training exercise. Because you need to know what it feels like to point your gun at another human being as part of a active training scenario where somebody's threatening you, you draw your gun, you point your gun at someone. You need to understand what it, what it feels like to have the sights of your gun on a human being as opposed to just a target. And, and listen, do I think there was any actual danger associated with that drill? Absolutely not. Do I have infinite respect for the instructor who was teaching that class? Yes. With, with every gun inspected, a chamber flag in every chamber, do I think anybody was in any risk? No. He came around to me. And I said, sorry, sir, uh, I'd like a blue gun, meaning a training gun, a, a hunk of plastic that just looks like a gun. And he said, and he was great. He was awesome. He goes, I understand. I've occasionally had people say that in reaction to this drill. And he got me a blue gun. That was it. I mean, it was, he didn't shame me. He didn't have a problem with it. He understood completely. Why did I take that position? Why did I say, no, I will not point my gun at another human being? Because the rules that I'll have never or always associated with them mean exactly that. And to the extent I took my gun and pointed it at, as, at another human being, I was breaking the rule. I'm breaking the rules that I've, that I've been taught and have taught for 30-plus years. I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to put the lie to something I've, I've been teaching and have been taught all those years. Always means always. Never means never. So let's go back to the filming, the, in this case a rehearsal, on the set of the movie Rust. Do I think taking a gun from a assistant director, that's what's been reported, pointing it at another human being and have my finger on the trigger, do I think that's reckless? I do. I do. And a lot of people are apologists out there. A lot of people are out there saying, oh, you can't say that because there are other people's job to make sure that gun's unloaded, and there's no reason you can't point an unloaded gun at someone, and, and people do that all the time on movie sets. I don't care about any of that. You don't point a gun at another human being. And you sure as hell don't accept a gun from another human being and and not clear it. What's clear it mean? It means verify for yourself that gun's unloaded. And that's before you do anything with it. God forbid, point it at another human being. So look, I don't have any particular grudge against Alec Baldwin. I think 
he's an entertaining actor. I wish him no ill will personally. Do I think it's very like, ah, very is too strong. Do I think there's a possibility he could get charged with a crime out of all this? Yeah, I do. I think it's going to be something like Indiana's version of criminal recklessness. Will he be convicted of that? Tough call. Because he's got some interesting defenses. Like I said, it was somebody's else, somebody else's job to clear that gun. It was somebody else's job to make sure there was no live ammo on that scene. I understand all that. And so more than anything, and by the way, I, do I think he'll be convicted of a crime? I would say that's not very likely at all. Whether he's charged, we'll see. And more news to follow on that. But the sheriff's investigation is over. It's now in the hands of the prosecutor, and we'll see where it goes from there. Right now, I'm well past the bottom of the hour. It's time to take a break. Give us a call if you want to join the discussion, 317-239-9393. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And I'll tell you what, we've had several people call in already. And uh, Dale wants to talk about Alec Baldwin that I just mentioned. Dale, welcome to The Gun Guy Show. Good day. Um, I want to say uh, this man is negligent only because his name's on that movie. If he's got the hat... You know, if he's a producer, if he's a writer, whatever. Yeah, but hold hold on. But Dale, hold on. Negligent isn't a crime. In other words, if I'm driving home tonight and I blow through a stop sign and I hit somebody, um, unless I'm drunk, that's negligent. I can be sued for that, but it's not a crime. So I agree with you. He was neg- he clearly was negligent. I mean, and a young woman died as a result. But negligence doesn't constitute a crime. Do you think he's guilty of a crime? Uh, yes. Only because he should have did what everybody else did. Checked the weapon to make sure it was unloaded with real bullets and it should have had blanks in it. He should have known that. Yeah. And Dale, you raise an interesting point, and, and people need to understand this. Is and, and and I just gave you the, the, the easy example. Negligence typically is not a crime. Now there's there, there are crimes in a lot of jurisdictions called negligent homicide, but it, typically that takes something more than just being a knucklehead. I mean, for instance, I, I talked at length when, when it happened, um, when the gentleman... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. When here in in indiana um put a pistol just in his in his shorts pocket and he went to ikea right after ikea opened up in fishers on the northeast side and he sat on a couch there in the new ikea when he stood up his pistol fell out of his pocket and he didn't realize that and he walked off a couple of kids or at least a kid found the pistol one of them picked it up was playing around with it and discharged around now the round didn't hurt anybody but clearly that was a dangerous situation with it where a kid is firing off around the middle of ikea and the hamilton county prosecutor's office charged him with a crime and they took it all the way to trial took it to a jury trial and i talked about it at length here on the gun guy show and i said do i think this guy was a knucklehead yes do i think he should ever carry a gun without adequate retention no Do I think you should ever carry a gun without a holster that protects the trigger and gives you that adequate retention that you need for a firearm? No, you absolutely should never do such a thing. So do I think he was a knucklehead? Yes. Do I think he was negligent? Yes. Do I think he was guilty of a crime? Absolutely not. And that's why we have an interesting question with respect to whether Alec Baldwin gets charged or convicted of a crime which is being a knucklehead doesn't necessarily make you a criminal. If being a knucklehead made you a criminal, there wouldn't be that many people walking around outside of prison because we've all been knuckleheads. My, my middle son, CJ, is one of his favorite comments after I do something knuckleheaded, not with firearms because I pay a lot of attention and I'm, I'm 
very seriously trained in that area. But generally speaking, my, my son CJ has a favorite saying where he'll look at me and he'll go, Dad, you're the dumbest smart guy I know. <laughs> I always laugh and go, oh, yeah, yeah, because I'll do something knucklehead. So we're all knuckleheads on occasion. That doesn't make us criminals. That's an important distinction. Let's go back to the phone lines. We've had Chris online or uh, on hold, I should say, for a while. Chris, welcome to the Gun Guy Show. Hey, guy. Thanks for taking my call, and thanks for all you do for uh, to help protect our rights. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Hey, I heard some grumblings that uh, the ATF may have changed the policy or – um, the law, I know they didn't change the law, but on the uh, uh, having a pistol brace on an AR and yeah. that it had like a point system that you had a yeah. certain type of pistol brace. Right. No, that's exactly right, Chris. And you wanted to know kind of what those rules are? Yeah. Yeah, well, let me let me talk about that. And I got to tell you, I could I could spend a whole show talking about this because it's incredibly confusing. But what the ATF has done, and it's exactly as you said, Chris, they haven't made pistol braces. And if anybody doesn't understand this, if if you take a a an AR pistol, not just AR, AK, a gun that's not a short barreled rifle because it's not designed to be fired from the shoulder. Okay, that that and and that's why there are rifle caliber pistols out there most common are ar pistols but you see a lot of ak's as well and others um at one point i bought a nine millimeter a sig mpx that was in a pistol configuration with a brace on it i took the brace off what a, what's a, what's a brace a brace is something that's actually designed to fit over your forearm that helps you shoot that one-handed and the ATF several years ago came out with what's called a determination letter and said putting a brace, a pistol brace, on your AR, your rifle caliber pistol or other pistol, other pistol that's not a short-barreled rifle doesn't make it a short-barreled rifle. So a lot of people started putting braces on their on their AR style or other uh, pistols. In a way, it was gun owners, frankly, being little too cute by half in the sense that everybody puts these things, I say everybody, pretty much everybody puts these on their pistols, and then they use them as, as stocks. They, they put them against their shoulder, they shoot the gun like, like a rifle. And ATF looked at all of this and said, okay, we probably made a mistake by saying these braces don't make pistols rifles, and therefore short-barreled rifles that then have to be registered under the National Firearms Act. But we're not just going to declare pistol braces illegal or make them automatically convert a pistol into a rifle. What they came up with is this point system. And I got to tell you, I've read the thing. And by the way, this goes into effect in December now is the effective date. There's a point system. And it depends on the barrel length and the weight and the caliber. And there's always and the design of the brace. And there's all these different factors that go in. And if you add up your points... In other words, the heavier it is, the less likely it is to be a pistol. The longer the barrel, the less likely it is to be a pistol. The 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 uh, bigger caliber, the less likely it is to be a pistol. So they give you all these points based on the configuration of your pistol. And if it's over a certain number of points, it's an SBR, and you have to register it to not have an unregistered SBR that can land you in prison for 10 years. That's what's going on, and it's outrageously complex. And it's one of the reasons I've never trusted the ATF on 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 braces. I've had three guns I bought that had braces on them. Every single one of them, I registered them as SBRs, put a stock on them, so I don't have to worry about it. Now it cost me two hundred bucks a piece, but in the meantime, I don't have to sweat over the ATF showing up at my house and wanting to put me in prison for ten years. We're a little past the quarter hour. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. This is Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on ninety three WYBC. And welcome back for the last segment of the Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. Got a little bit of a short segment. Hey, let me throw something out. I've been uh, talking about the Indy 1500 Gun and Knife Show, which is a proud sponsor of the Gun Guy Show, I will have you know. But uh, I've got some tickets. I've got some free tickets for people. The next four people who sign up for Essentials of Indiana Gun Law, go to tactical-firearms.com, click on Upcoming Courses, and... This is starting right now at 653. It, next four people that sign up for Essentials of Indiana Gun Law, which is a fabulous class in and of itself, I will give you two free tickets. The the Indiana, uh, the Indy, I should say, 1500 Gun and Knife Show coming up a week from today. 
on Saturday. So what you can do is make a weekend out of it. You can go to the gun show all three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. In the middle of all that, you can come check out four and a half hours of the most important legal information you need as an Indiana gun owner. So starting right now, next four, you can pretty much pay for the class with free tickets to the Indiana to the Indy 1500 Gun and Knife Show. Go to tactical-firearms.com, click on upcoming courses and register, and you get two free tickets, each of you, and I will have them to you before the show starts next weekend. Let's go right back to the phone lines. We've only got a couple of minutes, so we need to wrap things up, but uh, Richard's been on hold for a while. Richard, welcome to the Gun Guy Show. Howdy. Hi, buddy. What uh, do you got? I got a question for you. Uh-huh. You're... I've got a question for you. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Um, Years ago, 4473s were a paper copy. And I don't know how many of them I filled out during those years and that. But I do know one of the gun shop owners that I frequented passed away in that. Well, they closed the shop. What happens to those copies? Oh, I can tell you exactly, Richard. And there, there's a rule, ATF rule, that first of all, the the, the FFL, the, the gun shop, and this is, the, for anybody who doesn't know, the 4473 is the form you fill out when you go in to buy a gun. It's all your identifying information and whatnot. The gun store has to keep those for 20 years. There's a ATF rule that if a gun shop goes out of business, they have to send all those forms to ATF. And there's a lot of concern that the ATF is taking those, and, and they have millions of them from all the different gun stores that have gone out of business for whatever reason, that they're actually creating a database out of those in violation of federal law. And that's something to be looked into and it's something that the 2A project, my organization, is looked at specifically. Um, But that's what happens. The gun store has to keep them for 20 years. If they go out of business, uh, they have to send those forms to the federal government. And, hey, real quick, uh, Chris, uh, we only got a few seconds, brother, but you you wanted to talk about uh, Alec Baldwin, I think. Yeah. What you got? Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> uh, how, why, why were there live rounds even in that room? Oh, that's a great question. And, and, and look, i got to cut you off because we've only got a few seconds left in the show. There should never have been live rounds on a movie set. And uh, that's something that I've had uh, my, my buddy, Michael Grasso, who's a, a, a per, an expert who's, ha- who's worked on countless movie sets made that very clear there should have been none and so he alec may not be the only negligent one involved but with that we're at the end of the show we got to take a break we hope you enjoyed it we hope you come back next week this is guy relford on the gun guy show on 93 wybc